When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. It's 12 o'clock in the greatest city in the world. It is Bart and Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. Bart out one more day. We'll get him back tomorrow. Everything back to normal with the show. So you got me, Han Solo, with you again for another three hours. So you know what that means. We go full buffet, 800-919-3776, and we get the call stacked, racked, ready to go. And we'll continue to talk to you throughout the program as we'll talk to some other people who will join us as well. Uh, today is Joe Douglas's turn to speak of the Jets, general manager. So yesterday, Joe Shane of the Giants. Today, Joe Douglas. Actually, I believe he'll be speaking momentarily with the media. Uh, and so we'll see what he has to say about the Jets offseason and what the plans will be. I don't know how much he can reveal, but still a lot of things that do need to be discussed with Joe Douglas, who has not really spent a lot of time talking with the media. Rich Semini will be covering that as always, and so we'll get him on later on in the show to empty out his notebook on everything that we've heard from Joe along the way during the day. Um, interesting stuff again on the NFL front when it comes to several things, including number one, it is still the NFL combine and the rumors continue to build. Mock drafts continue to go out. Uh, Mel Kuyper has one out that if you're a Jets fan, you're going to say, what? And if you're a Giants fan, excuse me, you might like it. But also, there are NFLPA rankings that are out each year. And if you're a Giants fan, you're going to say, I like that too. If you're a Jets fan, not so great. Not so great about your organization. And then Michael Hardman had things to say about the Jets. So yeah, a lot of stuff there to unpack with you, and we certainly... We'll do that. But because we go with the live action first always, we go with another game last night for the Knicks, a back-to-back, and this time they lose. And they lose for several reasons. One, because the Pelicans are a good team. And the other is because Jalen Brunson didn't play. And that's, you know, again, where it begins. The minute you hear that Brunson is out of the game, and told you at the end of the show yesterday, he popped up on the injury report not ex- not considered serious. I, I do want to at least begin with that. Not considered serious. But right now with Jalen Brunson, when you have a little nagging something going on with him, you do want to make sure you err on the side of caution right now. You have to. Because he's obvious, you know, Captain Obvious Statement, the guy's your most important player. Okay, right now, especially. The most important player you've got, your all-star. But you also know that when he does play, he plays hard and he takes a beating. Now, what happened in the game Monday night, I mean, what didn't happen, is he actually got hit a couple of times. And you could see one time after getting fouled, he then got hit by another player where his head kind of rammed into the – I think it was Jalen Duren rammed into the chest. Then he got hit later in the game, again, kind of upper body – contact kind of thing where you could see that his just neck got kind of wrenched a certain way. Now, you know, with adrenaline and everything else, that stuff, you don't feel it until the next morning. You wake up and then you get it like he had a stiff neck, essentially. Couldn't get it loose. And so they decided that it's a second game of back-to-back. It's an uphill climb against a good Pelicans team as it is. 
You got a game on Thursday, so you're playing basically would be three day three games in in four nights. If he's not a hundred percent, just shut it down. And so it was a smart move, I think, for them to make. And now you just want to make sure that he wakes up today or woke up today, and it's feeling better. And then by Thursday, he's good to go against Steph Curry. That's what you need, and that's all you're hoping for. But while all that's going on, you still have games to play. Now Isaiah Hartenstein didn't play last night either. And so that's also, I think, a managing thing, too, because you know, again, that uh, Achilles tendinopathy issue, which is really more the bottom of the heel. Like, it's not, not an Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, he's actually said that. He said, I'm not, there's no concern about it popping. This is just more or less um, a soreness that has to be managed. And the All-Star break helped it tremendously. But what you don't want is to flare it up again by – it's an overuse injury. That's what it is. So – you just want to manage it carefully, build yourself up. And so back-to-back's not really a great idea right now. So again, another game where you just say, all right, we got to sit him out too. So those two guys out of the lineup, and now you look at what they played last night. They had one starter, Dante DiVincenzo. They had one starter. like, And, and yet, scratching and clawing a one-point game at the half. So, you know, it was ugly, you know, but it was what it was. So they take the L. And now all I'm going to say is this, because I'm not, I'm not one about sounding the alarm and everything. I'm simply somebody that knows that you have to have – see, this is the time where you have to have the excruciating patience that is impossible for any fan to have. Because while your logic tells you that in a couple of weeks the team will start to get healthy and then whole, as whole as possible, and then you'll have that you know last 15 games of the season, you hope, where everybody's healthy again, and then they can get that rhythm going before the playoffs. But the fan, of course, has to live through that right now and live through games like last night, a loss, and Saturday night, a loss, and you just start to panic or worry because as you look at the standings and the Knicks clinging still to the fourth seed, you also see that Miami, which had been just kind of loitering, you know, just hanging around in the 7-10 the whole season, just – just hanging around, just doing nothing. Now all of a sudden they're in fifth. And they're a game and a half back. Actually a game in the loss column back of the Knicks at fourth. And you just see them there. And you know, like there's teams that you're like, you know, Orlando, ah, they're young. I don't know if you worry about them. The Pacers, they don't play any damn defense, right? But when it's the Miami Heat, you're like, oh, crap. Right? Like you know of all the teams that you don't want to see in the rear view, it's that team. Because they're the ultimate second half team. They've won five in a row. You know, they just, this is what they do. They get it right at the right time. Look, remember last year? They almost got knocked out in the play in round. They looked, they looked like they were going to be left for dead. And then what happened? They went all the way to the finals. That's just what they are. They're that team. And so when you see them in the rear view, that's the one where you're like, oh, okay, that's not, I don't want to see them in the rear view. Sixers, no MB, you're not worried, right? Like all these different teams I'm telling you about, if I told you, you know, Orlando's, you know, they're gaining on, eh, whatever. It's, it's Orlando, they're young. Not worry about them, right? Not worry about pace. They don't play defense. But when I tell you Miami, it's like, oh, crap, that, that team. Because you know when they get right, they're the right kind of right this time of year. And so that's what you got to watch, the heat. And so while you're undermanned, and the schedule's not easy. You, you, Golden State's not great anymore, but they're still good. 
And you know Steph comes to the Garden. He's going to put on a show. And a Warriors team, you know, you got to beat them. But you got to beat them with hopefully Brunson healthy again and Hartenstein back in the lineup. You got a shot. I think you do. You got a shot. It's with, when those guys aren't in the lineup, like you saw last night, you got no shot. You just put up a puncher's chance, but you realize you're not going to have enough. And so how much of this do you have to endure? This game Thursday at Cleveland on Sunday. How about Cleveland last night? You see that game? Cleveland last night. My God. They were, that game was over. That was a Tracy McGrady, you know, the Reggie Miller. That's what Max Struess did. It's nuts. I don't know how they're doing it. Cleveland does. I'm not impressed with them, but somehow, some way, there they are still in second place, and they have opened up some room between themselves and you. And so you're trying to keep them within reach until you get healthy while keeping the heat off your tail as well. So we're scoreboard watching. It's a fun time of year, but that's what we do. You know what else we do? We love to talk to people about basketball, people that know basketball, and that's why I wanted to call my friend Tim Bontemps to join us right now from ESPN who has uh, been around the Knicks lately, but of course obviously follows the whole league and did a great story on ESPN.com about offense and everything else uh, that we should get into. But TB, first and foremost, what you saw last night from the Cavaliers, is that that's, that's the ultimate, like Houdini, that's the ultimate escape from what would have been an, a kind of an, another, a loss that makes you start wondering about how legit they are as a number two seed. But that win now, they look like they're going to take a stranglehold of that spot. I thought for a second, Alan, I was just going to listen to you talk for the whole second. I was looking forward to that. It would have been easy for me. Uh, but no, I, look, I mean, that game last night, for people that didn't see it, so Luka Doncic makes a beautiful pass to B.J. Washington, and he finishes a layup over Jared Allen, one of the better rim defenders in the league, with 2.1 seconds to go. And you think, man, like you said, Cavs come have a game, Slovenian night in Cleveland. It's a huge Slovenian population there. Luka makes the game win and play. Looks like he's going to be the hero. And then Max Struess does a little hook and ladder play with Evan Mobley. Hits a 60-footer. Nothing but net at the buzzer. And, yeah, I mean, it's that's the ultimate. You know, I, I think these win probability charts are insane. But if you go to ESPN.com and you look at the win probability chart, it's literally all the way down to one end and all the way down to the other end at the end because you, you can't have a more dramatic swing from one way to the other than – 2.1 seconds left, no timeouts, down one, inbounding the ball live to somehow make it a 60-footer to pull, truly pull a rabbit out of a hat. That's literally what they did there, and just a big win for them. And, and as I was mentioning, again, so I guess you heard the monologue, great. Um, <laughs> when, when, it comes to, when it comes to the Knicks, I, I want to – Curious of your because again you know how it is locally New York a little more myopic and so there's a little more intensity and concern and panic and everything else. You more have you the aerial view nationally. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it's hard to believe that in New York they overreact to anything, <laughs> but, but you have the national view, so you have more of the aerial view. So give me the the the, the thirty thousand feet looking at the Knicks right now. Is there cause for concern because of these injuries and the schedule keeps coming that they might fall out of? top four, even top six, or do you do you still have faith in what this team can be? Well, look, you're a pro, and I'm being my friend, so you, you weigh it out well. I mean, if the Knicks are healthy, they have the ability to go toe-to-toe with anybody in the East, you know, with the possible exception. I mean, certainly I would say the exception is the Celtics, and they might be better than everybody. But outside of that, you know, for all of Milwaukee's flaws, obviously with the Embiid injuries, as you mentioned, um, the Embiid injury, I should say, uh, you know, the, the uncertainty about the Cavs after what we saw last year against the Knicks in the playoffs. 
even with Miami, for as much as Miami is a, a team to be feared, they also were a flawed team, which is why they're, again, hovering around the play-in mix, right? So if you look at that whole picture in the aggregate, yeah, if the Knicks are healthy, they're as good as any of those teams. It might be better than all of them. But, you know, we have to wait and see when OG Ananobi gets back, when Mitchell Robinson gets back, when and if Julius Randle can get back and be what he was before the injury or if the shoulder thing is going to continue to be an issue. Um, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein's Achilles is certainly a concern. I mean, anytime you hear about anybody having an Achilles injury or soreness, that's obviously a very scary injury to be dealing with. Um, you know, so there's just a lot that the Knicks have to get through. But if they get to the other side of it, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, they've, I think they're as live as anybody in the East and certainly have the potential to make a deep run. But, you know, when you deal with injuries like this, especially when you deal with several injuries, you have guys playing more minutes, it could potentially be a cascading effect. So they just got to get to the other side of this and then see where they sit after that. Tim Bontemps joining us on a Hoops Update, brought to you by Bet365. Let me go back to Miami with you because what, of what you said. You're right. There's always a reason why they are where they are. They've won five in a row, and they just always feel like that team in the second half that somehow, someway figures it out and somehow, someway is always there being annoying to someone. Do you not see them as what they were last year, that dangerous team laying in the weeds? Oh, I think they could be that in the playoffs. But they also are a flawed team, right? Now, I mean, I think if you go back to Friday, they have this uh, fracas in New Orleans against mm-hmm. the Pelicans, and Najee Marshall and Jimmy Butler get into it. They get ejected. Thomas Bryant, Halsey Alvarado get ejected, et cetera. And after the game, after the, the Heat go on to win the game with you know, no Jimmy and Tyler Hero hurting his knee and being out and all this other stuff, you know, Jimmy sits in the locker room and says, yeah, this is about the right time of the year for us to start getting going. And I'm liking where we're at. And, you know, that, if I'm the other teams in the East, even including Boston, I'm concerned about that. Because when Jimmy Butler is locked in and engaged, he's as good as anybody there is. And we've seen that time and again in the playoffs. And that's, he is the reason, he and Eric Spolstra, but, you know, obviously you're talking about the guys at the court mainly. But Jimmy is the reason why you look at the Heat and say, this is a team that can get to the finals again. Because there's really, you know, Bam's a terrific player. They've got some nice depth. But there's not a lot of other reasons to look at them and say this team should be considered a real threat. But you look at what Jimmy has done time and again over the past four years in the playoffs, all of which I've basically seen in person. And I'm not betting against that guy at this point. And that's, that's really the question is, you know, when they get into the playoffs and they're, they're going up against these other teams, is somebody going to go toe-to-toe with Jimmy and take him out? You know, and, if, and as far as the Eastern Conference goes, that, that to me is the question that still has to be answered. All right, that beeping sound is not the Knicks backing up in the standings, at least not yet. But what, 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 what do you also make of the Milwaukee Bucks? Because I don't know what to make of them either. Have they figured it out? Are they just going through an easier part of the schedule? What's the story with them, and how serious are we taking them as a contender after, you know, they, they've just had this weirdness of, of – you know, they fire their coach. They, they, they still don't have an identity, a bit of an identity crisis. I think they got older. W- what do you view them as? I, I view them as a flawed but dangerous team because, again, sort of like the Heat, if you have Giannis and Teddy Kupov, and you know this better than anybody, Alan, when you go into a playoff series, the first thing you look at is who is the best player on the court, right? And the vast majority of series the Bucks are in, Maybe all except for one possible matchup in the finals against Nikola Jokic, and maybe not even then. 
they're going to have the best player on the court. And so if you walk in the series with the best player on the court, you're alive in the fight to win. Now, again, as you said, you look at the rest of their roster, their defense definitely got worse in the wake of the Drew Holiday trade. The game in Giannis fit has been clunky. Well, predictably, Giannis has not wanted to set as many pick and rolls as people would like him to set for Dane. You know, Dane has obviously been fantastic in the clutch, as he always has been, but it's hard to necessarily rely on that in the playoffs. We've seen Dane at times struggle in the playoffs against more bigger, more physical defenders. We've seen Drew Holiday in particular shut him down, and now they have to potentially go up against both Eric White and Drew Holiday in the playoff series for Boston. Um, so they have a lot of – and obviously their defense across the board. Chris Middleton's lost a step. He's had a lot of injury issues. Malik Beasley's a disaster on defense. They're going to have a lot of trouble, I think, stopping anybody consistently when it really matters late in the playoffs. So I don't think they're getting out of the East. I don't think they're winning the title. But you have to respect the high-end talent that they have. And ultimately, that's why they went and got Dame in the first place, because they sort of made a bet on the elite talent winning out, as it often does in the league. And this might be one of the more extreme examples of that in recent memory. But... We will find out this spring whether that that pays off or not. Yeah, this is usually when you do feel it, right, in a playoff series. We got two superstars. You have one like, or something like that, or you don't have any. We're going to beat you just because right. know, of, of those stars. And it's obviously because of the offensive production. And you, you have a story up. You and Kevin Pelton have this story up that has been fascinating. Mike Breen and I talked about it on the broadcast last night because of – you know, number one, there wasn't a lot of offense in that first half of that game last night, but also <laughs> just because it has become, you know, a, a topic and something I've always been, I've been curious about. So I'm glad you guys went into this. And it really is how, and Joe, uh, Joe Dumars, you talked to, and, and he talked about it openly, but we really have seen a, I think the pendulum swing from the dirty 90s to just the, the fun and gun 2000s now, where scoring and offense seems to be, and I don't want to use the word easy. But it looks so much easier now for players. And that, of course, has got to be a credit to the skill development of these players and the shooting abilities of the players, the three-point shot and the usage and all that, the pace. But there is this sense that the physicality has been taken out of the game because defenses aren't allowed to do a lot of the things that they used to be able to do. And what you're writing about, and you can tell everybody listening, the, the point is, is that the league's now taking notice to maybe it's time to bring back some of that physicality. Yeah, I mean, the, the most interesting thing, first of all, I heard about you shouting me out, which I appreciated on the broadcast. And, yeah, I, the, the main takeaway from a breaking news perspective, you know, quote-unquote breaking news, is that the NBA's competition committee, which is the group, you know, it's a group made up of players, coaches, and executives from various teams across the league uh, with people from the league office led by Joe Dumars, the head of basketball operations. That's the group that when you hear about, you know, instant replay getting enacted or – uh, you know, the rip-through move getting taken out of the league. The, the competition committee is the one that basically decides which of these things to change or not change. They are officially looking into this idea of, as you laid out, is offense, is the game tilted too far in favor of offense? And is there maybe, you know, not enough ability for defenses to, com- to combat the way these teams are constructed now? And like you said, some of this, goes back to the fact that the game is just fundamentally different than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I talked to Mike Brown for the story, Mike Brown, for people that don't remember, now coaching the Kings, started his career in 2005 coaching LeBron and the Cavs. And when he started coaching the Cavs, you know, he told me there was maybe one guy on each team, probably only maybe 10 guys in the whole league, 
that you really had to worry about as a three-point shooting threat, right? Now, there's 10 guys in every team that are able to bomb from three consistently. And so if you watch an NBA game now and you watch an NBA game from 20 years ago, the geometry of the court is just vastly different. And you have to guard so much more space. And you can't get away with, you know, hiding guys here and there because there's just a lot less room to cover. So some of this is that. And some of it is, I think, to your, to, as you said, that defenders are just not allowed to be as physical as they used to be. And I think, you know, what I want to clarify about that is everybody universally agrees going back to 2005 is not the answer. Mm-hmm. No one's trying to do that. But it's more like I think Drew Holiday summed it up best where he said, I would like every game to be called like a playoff game. And as you and I know, when we watch playoff games, guys are allowed to be more physical. There's more contact on defenses. The scores are not 80 to 85, but there's still plenty of offense. And the competition is at its peak. And I think you can make an argument that if guys were allowed to be a little more physical with these tremendously skilled offensive players, they might have more of a chance of slowing them down. Because as you and I know, you know, you talk about a guy like Giannis or Jason Tatum or Luka Doncic, these guys are 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", even bigger. And when they use their arms and sort of push off a defender and create space, there's just no way for anybody to stop that no matter what they're doing. So it'll be very interesting to see if anything comes to this. But I think with, you know, the, the proliferation of 60-70 point games we've seen and just as how high the scoring has gotten across the sport, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do one or two things to maybe ease it back a little bit in favor of the defense. But at the end of the day, you know, this, this new version of the sport is here to stay. And I think that the combination of skill and shooting across the league means that there might be some tweaks, but there's just not a lot overall you're going to be able to do to give defenses more of a chance because they're just the sheer geometry of the court doesn't allow for it. Yeah. And, and I mean, everything you laid out there is like exactly what you can picture it because the geometry of the court is a great way to describe it. And it's, it's as simple as this, as I was saying with Mike and I were talking last night, it's that we see today something you'd never have seen before, which is a player will drive to the basket, almost be at the rim, and then an open corner three, instead of making the layup, he'll just throw it out for that shot. And that is considered yeah. a better shot like, because it's an open corner yeah. three, which is a high percentage shot these days, and you'll take the extra point. And it's something about a three-pointer versus a layup. It's almost like a momentum shot. You know, It's incredible, but that's just how the game is played today versus the past. You can't make a rule to change that. You know, Once you're in the paint, you can't kick it out. Like, you can't do that. So the other thing that I was thinking is – I don't necessarily think it's about, you know, oh, we've got to decrease scoring or you've got to be allowed to do more things physically, defensively. TB, I think what we need to get out of the game are ticky-tack fouls and touch fouls. We don't need the and one. If you're strong enough to finish against contact, okay, let's keep playing. Like, I don't – like, unless it's – and they talk about the balance and the uh, speed and everything about why they would call a foul – but if I'm able to finish over you fairly strong, I don't need that M1. It's not necessary. And I do feel those types of things can frustrate a defense to a point where now I've got two fouls, so now I've got to play softer defense. I, I don't think we need the ticky-tack N1s, do you? Like, I think this little thing yeah. you could do that an offensive player might get frustrated because, hey, I got hit. Yeah, but you made the layup, so let's keep playing. You know what I mean? As simple as yeah, that. Yeah, I think – I agree, and I think that's sort of, I think, and maybe not specifically that example, but 
I think what we're talking about here, ultimately, if anything does change, like you said, it's not going to be we're eliminating the corner three right. or, you know, we're doing some drastic, dramatic change in the sport. I think what largely is, I don't want to say likely happen. I think what the most likely change is, if anything does change, is defenders are able to be more physical, right? And to your point, maybe a guy drives to the rim and there's some contact and they don't call anything, whether the shot goes in or not, right? Yeah. And you're just allowed to have a little more physicality mm-hmm. and, you know, get into a guy and not have it just be an automatic foul if you touch him 30 feet from the basket. Yeah. Which Those a lot are- of the times it sort of feels like it is. Yeah. And that, that, to me, that's the most maddening part of where the game is today. Is that those, those whistles like that bother me more than anything else. Because we are just seeing prolific shot-making, unlike, I mean, maybe like 20, 30, 40 years ago, there were a handful of guys in the league that could make incredible shots. I mean, Larry Bird made incredible shots, right? Like, we know sure. there were certain sure. guys that were just sure. incredible shot-makers. I just think there's a lot more of them now because of the player development and all the other stuff. So I, I don't think we're ever going to cut down the ability to score. I just think let's just not make it that much easier to add on to the points with cheap extra M1s or cheap fouls to the free throw line and let defenses just g- give it all you got. Because I think it's better for the yes. game when, the, when there's some physicality in it. Well, yeah, I, I agree, and I think when you see, I think when you see how guys are guarded in the post, and how there's a lot more physicality in the post than there is yeah. on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Again, not that we need to get back to the '90s Knicks, but I, I do think there could be a little more of a balance there. And, and if I, if anything does change, I suspect it's going to be something like that. Yeah. Well, the, the headline from Embiid seventy to Lucas seventy-three of NBA offenses become too good. Tim Bontemps has the story on ESPN.com with Kevin Pelton. It's compelling stuff because it's really what the complaint was, especially after the the All-Star game. TB, always appreciate you jumping on, my man. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. See you tomorrow. All right. That's Tim Bontemps again. ESPN.com is the story. You got to check it out. Let's talk to you at 800-919-3776. Just simply about that. I mentioned it yesterday. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, right? Because you know, look, the Knicks, the, the Timberwolves, you know, Pelicans last night, there are still a few teams in the league that still play that rugged physical defense that will get after it. That they, it, It's not like it's completely gone. But we do know that this league, though, has really gone crazy with offense, and there was a little burst there where players were getting to 60 and 70. It got a little ridiculous. Do you like that, or do you want to see it get back to where, you know what, let them play. Play harder, play more physical. I've talked about this yesterday with you. I want to know what do fans want because I know, like, we're all different age brackets, age groups, all different backgrounds. Some people like the up and down, run and gun. They have fun with that. It's more fun. It's it's more fluid. It's more flow. It's prettier, right? Like some of you like that, but a lot of old school people they don't like that. They want the physicality. They want that the ability that okay, if you're going to score over me, you're going to have to get through me. And I'm not letting the ref bail you out. Like, what do you want to see the NBA do going forward? We'll get to your calls at 800 3776 Any con- concerns about the Knicks and the injuries, looking at the standings? You heard Tim Bontem say he's not worried. He said, you, can't, you can't worry about it. He said you got to get through the injuries, and he feels that once they do get healthy, which is expected in a couple of weeks, that no matter where they are in the standings, they are going to be a formidable team that he believes will may not be able to beat the Celtics this year, but we'll be able to challenge them. And so that's what he sees. What do you see? 
And that's your hoops update brought to you by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Your call's next. Stay with us. Barton Hunt, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Well, it seems pretty clear the Giants' front office has not made re-signing Saquon Barkley a priority. But how does Giants' ownership feel? That was a question earlier this morning on DPH on Rothenberg. Would you like the guys that represent the franchise so well to be great guys? Of course. But they have to be great players. Yeah, but you can't be hung up on that. And it feels like no, they get I, hung I, up I, on that I sometimes. Think so. I think that the, the image of the Giants to their ownership group matters a lot. I like that to an extent, but not when you cross the line of... When you start sacrificing winning. And, and when you start making personnel decisions. You know, Jerry Jones makes personnel decisions. I think it's awful. I don't, I don't want John Marin and the Tish contingent to be making personnel decisions. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey. During tonight's action, glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, the number. How would you change the game if you're not happy with this? It's too much scoring. It's too easy to score. How would you change the game? Mike in Manhattan, how would you do it? Hi, uh, I have an idea on how to uh, stop the three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Lou? Yep. And that would be to put a cap on the amount of three-point shots a team can take during a game. 
just like uh, you know, there's uh, for you know a fouls, uh, a foul limit per player and team. Let's say a team is only allowed 20, 25 three pointers a game. At uh, you know, they can keep shooting after that amount of attempts, but if they make it, it only counts two points. That would add a bit of strategy to the game too. That well, you have to uh, sort of wait and you know maybe save your three pointers for the last five minutes of the game, decide who's really going to take those uh, you know valuable three pointers, and uh, you know add strategy and cuts down on the uh, the bombing from distance. I mean, it, it it definitely would add strategy to how you would use it. Because you would definitely not want to take too many early on. You might want to say only take a couple here. But it dramatically changes the game. Because now teams can pack it in. They don't care. Like teams are going to pack it in. So, again, that Mike, that feels like more of a pendulum swing the other way again. Well, you know, it depends where you set that number of shots, too. Well, let's see. The I league mean, average, I think, is like 30-something. It's like 35, I think. The league average in attempts per game. Okay, so, uh, for, uh, for each team. Yeah. Okay, I mean. so so dial it back to 30, 25. Does that make it well, drastically? It, it, it does, yeah. Again, it changes, it changes how you would play. I think that's the problem. We don't want to do that. I don't want to change how the game is played because I do think the game is very entertaining. It is. Like, you can't take that. It's like when people said you have to. There was a time years ago, and a lot of you don't remember this, but there was a debate in the 90s about raising the rim. It's true. There was a whole debate that the NBA should move the rim to 12 feet because it was too easy to dunk now. Everybody's dunking. It's too easy. It's boring. Imagine that. It's a true story. Too easy to dunk. We should raise the rim in the NBA. To let's say twelve feet, make it that much harder to dunk the basketball. You know, there was a time they banned the dunk in college because of, of uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem. They wouldn't let him dunk. How stupid is that? Dunk is great. And by the way, like, has it really made that big of a difference? Is all everybody can do is dunk now? It's just so no, it's not. It's hard to dunk. It's hard. So raising the rim, it, like, while people thought it's too much, no, raising the rim doesn't make sense. So. It's, don't limit the threes. Like when anybody said you should expand the three, make it make it further out. You can't because then it wouldn't exist in the corner. If you move that line, it, there's no corner three anymore. You can't do that. It's too valuable. And you're not widening the, the court because you're going to have to change all the arenas. So let's, let's not change the game. Let's just change. Like I said, I think the thing you can control is how the game is officiated. And if we stop with the ticky-tack fouls, you know, I touch your arm as you go up, a little swipe, and I make a layup, and all you did was just whack my forearm while I went up. Had no effect on me. I don't, don't, I'm not getting, you're not getting the point. You're not. And if you don't like getting whacked on the arm, then you know what you're going to do? You're going to stop going to that spot, which now benefits the defense. See how that works? Simple as that. Let's go to Carl in Queens, Carl. Whoa. Hey, Alan. What's going on back there, uh, listen, man? I w- uh, I don't know. Uh, my computer. Hey, <laughs> oh. I was uh, I was I was at the I was at the game last night, and I was with a girl, and she wanted to leave late in the third, and I was like, no, no, we're staying. And and what did I make us do? I I made us watch Trey Murphy just 
just dropped bombs all over the garden. Points Allen, in the fourth I, quarter. Yeah, he got hot. He went off. Who who is he, Allen? I, I no, he's no a good player. No, 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 no. He's a good player. He was hurt. He got hurt early in the season. He's all right, Allen. No, he's a good player. He's, he's young, a good right? young player who could shoot the three. Right. He he got hurt early in the season and he's working his way back. They love him in New Orleans. He's a good player. They Good got player. a and um, uh, Allen Allen Zion Zion is a problem, man. I don't know. Is it is you it just me or they help him out a lot? You know, it's funny you bring it up. Uh, no, 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 no. In a good way. In a good. No, way. okay, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's funny you bring him up because I, I thought yeah. about talking about Zion today because we have spent a lot of time talking about him, and I watched him last night again courtside. Lucky enough to call the game with Mike Breen on MSG, and so I'm right, literally oh, on the court watching him. And there were moments where you could see that, you know, all the things that make him spectacular with the quickness and his bounce and his strength and his power. So fast. But for the majority of that game, I was not impressed. He didn't look like he was ever yeah, going really 100. Feel- like he never was. You, He looks like somebody that if he cared, he could dominate the game, but he doesn't seem 100%. to care to want to. And if I'm the it's league, still- that, 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 like, I this guy should be the face of your league. He's got that kind of potential with his talent, and yet he has no want to. You could see it. He he's just you're, content with being you're, you're, blah. You're you're right. He because he didn't kill us, but he was very good. And the thing is, Alan, I just want to just just about, about our team. It's it's the fight. There's always fight, man. Yep. I think they cut it to like seven or eight in the. Oh court. no, they never gave up. And, you know yeah. you're. Yeah, they never, they never give up. No matter who it is, if it's Obi Toppin, I, I swear it's Obi Toppin reincarnated with his brother. I, it's the same guy, a little less athletic, but but they give it everything. And you're always like, oh, are we in it? Are we not? And and you know, last night, you know, it is what it is, man. And once I heard JB was out, Alan, you know, it's yeah, just, you knew it was going to be tough, rad, right? You man. knew it was going to be tough. You were going to need a heroic effort, like a ridiculous red hot three point shooting performance from the whole team. You didn't get it, and so. You know, it's an L, and they got to get healthy, and then you just got to get back at it on Thursday, Carl. Thanks, man. 800-919-3776. I mean, that, the Zion thing, though, I was thinking it, and Carl said it, so it made me bring it up. Why not? It, like, is there an athlete right now that is more frustrating because of how good he could be, and yet he doesn't look like he wants to be? Like he's he's just fine being what he is. He's he's just okay with it. And you know what? The Pelicans have reached that point where they're like, just be you, man. Like, don't worry about it. Because there was a lot of issues there, remember? I mean, he's gone through a lot of drama there. And then it was concerned, does he even want to be here? And obviously all the injuries. And I guess when you've been hurt as much as him, he's reaching a point now. Like, we were talking about this last night. Last night was game 48 for him on the season. That's like... For him, you start to celebrate the fact that, wow, he's almost at 50 games. Do you know his career high is 61? That's it. 61 games. His second season. So I guess it's baby steps, right? How about first get through a full season without major injuries? Let's start there and ramp it up. But does he look like a guy that's in elite shape? No, he doesn't. And I know Stephen A has been on his case, but it's true. Here's somebody that people thought could be the face of the league. And it's you just start to question how much does he really want it? I don't think he does. I don't think he wants everything that comes with that. What comes with being the face of the league is the 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 everyday demands, the everyday like you have to play at this level every night. 
You go on the road, everybody's watching, everybody wants to see it. So he came into the league with a lot of attention and a lot of pomp and circumstance, number one pick. And so everybody just wanted to see this guy that in college just jumped off the page, literally. And then you'd start, first of all, he didn't play. And then when he did play, you're like, yo, he's kind of fat. And while sometimes it's pretty spectacular stuff that he does on the floor, other times you could see like last night, he had terrible turnovers. I don't know if he even dunked the basketball last night. In fact, they threw up an alley-oop to him and Josh Hart broke it up. Like it's crazy, right? Like a guy that was you thought was like a highlight film, like a show. And he's still only 23, but it just seems quite happy being ordinary with moments of being extraordinary. And it's like you, you, some guys you can't get through it. Like this is what he wants. This is He's content with this. Bad diet, bad conditioning, living off his athleticism, and just knowing that I can get away with it. But we all know how those stories end. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your call. Stay with us. Barton Hot, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, back to the calls we go 800 919 3776. Say Gary in New Jersey. What's up, Gary? Hey, what's up, Alan? How are you? Good. Good. Listen, I I agree with you about the ticky tack fouls with the with the NBA with the refs. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But other than that, leave the game alone. The teams are going to have to play better defense. Just like the Knicks play good defense, other teams play good defense. They got to learn to play defense. And we all know once the playoffs come around, the playoffs is ramped up, defense is ramped up, and everything. 
but leave the game alone. No, no moving the line and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Leave the game just like it is. Yeah, I'm with you, Gary. I wouldn't mess with anything rules wise. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't move the line like you said. Any of that stuff, I wouldn't. You know, but the fact that Joe Dumars, you know, openly talked about it with Tim Bontemps on ESPN.com that the league is looking, the rules committee is looking into things and how can we get back to where the game isn't so one-sided offensively and much easier for an offense than it is for a defense. It's telling you that they are looking into things and that there could be some changes coming. So that's why we are talking about it. Carlos in the car. Carlos. Yo, hey. How you doing, Alan? What's happening? Hey, buddy, listen. Um, I just heard the, the caller, yep. and I agree with him, and I agree with you. But my opinion is, it's really on the officiating, right? They they just need to be more consistent throughout the season, right? It seems like in the playoffs, they kind of let the guys go, right? And, and the game becomes more physical, and you right. see more defense being played. So let the officiating become more consistent throughout the season. Yeah. That's that's like my first comment. You know what I mean? Yeah. The second with- thing I was going to mention to you, mm-hmm. yeah, the second thing I was going to mention was you just touched on Zion, and... I think he's great, but I agree with you again. I think the way the league is and the way these organizations are, they let these guys do whatever they want, and this dude is playing whenever he feels like playing, to your point. Yep. Like, he has the ability to be, like, top five player in the league if he really wants to be, but I don't think he really cares. I think he's very happy collecting his money. Mm-hmm. He's very happy with the minutes he gets. You know, I, I think he likes it when they put him on that load management and they kind of sit him for a night or two because of his knees or his back. You know what I mean? There's always something going on with Zion. But, and I like the kid, but I think that's the, it's the league's fault and the organization's fault that you get this kind of behavior. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, my last- I, no, no. I, I got to finish your point. With what you just said there, you're 100% right. It's where he landed in the draft was not the best place for him. 100% right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then the last thing I was going to say, so I grew up in the, I'm 56 years old, so I'm a big, I grew up a Sixers fan, but I do like the Knicks. And I've been, you know, as I got older, I'm more Knicks. And the bottom line is, it is what it is. If Jalen Bronson doesn't play, they just do not win. All right? Like, that's a fact. Right? And then the other thing is, I am not as optimistic as all the other Knicks fans are, no offense, and you too. Like, I don't know, like, are they going to click? Like, when everyone comes back, are they going to click? Are they going to be 100% physically, like, for the playoffs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't we don't know. know. Like, that's the big unknown. We don't I think know. I've said that, yes. Carlos. Like, I've said that's the thing. Yes. Like, what we do know is that we have at least the, the what we saw in January when they were together. And that was that clicked. But we also know that they were all in midseason and they were all physically fit. But when you've sat out for a bunch of weeks, you got to get all that timing and rhythm and conditioning back. So that's what makes – that's the big if. Now, I've said that. Like, there's no guarantee. Like, that might be the only time we see it, that January. What an amazing month that was. That might have been the best of it. But it doesn't mean that they still can't be fairly competitive. But as far as, like, reaching the level that they reached where they were just – I mean, they were an unbelievable defensive team. And they just had that starting five, just had magic together. You know, will that just pick right up where it left off? That's that's the big question. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? 
Hey, good afternoon, Alan. Shout out to the company. And we, we're, uh, um, I do hope to, you know, I don't know what your schedule is looking like, but I do hope to see you on Cinco de Mayo for, you know, to where, you're, where you can root your boy on Rick against Anita and Omani. Um, wanted to bring up this suggestion because I totally agree with the Tic Tac Files. Um, they kind of do need to stop. I've always, you know, thought that the end one was kind of a little silly, silly, silly in that respect. But, um, um, but the one thing that I, I, I thought, and I don't know, but I thought like, why not add like a continuous clock? Cause I still like, you know, I still think that Running there's just time? a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, uh, the, you, like no, I, you can't do that. It's a 48 minute game. Yeah. For I, running, running time. Like. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's going to help anything. In fact, that would probably make it even worse because it's just more really? frenetic pace, Jose. I, I, you can't do running time. I mean, there are games like last night. Let's go. Like, I, yeah, let's run. Running time, please, because you know where that was headed, right? Maybe maybe that's what you want to do. How about, What would be the number? All right. Team takes it because we've seen some 30-point leads, 40-point leads this season. We've seen it. That's how bad it's gotten. What number? Like if you like, could that be interesting? If you got the lead to what number, then the clock doesn't stop. It has to be in the second half. Can't be first half. Second half doesn't matter when. It could be. It could be the first minute of the second half. Doesn't matter. If I get my lead to thirty, is thirty too small of a number? Can you come back from thirty in the second half? Have we ever seen that? I don't know if we've ever seen that. So if I if I told you, if you take a 30-point lead in the second half, we run the clock. Therefore, we limit injuries. We can limit amount of time. Like, we don't need this. We don't need garbage time. We don't need any of this. Now, coaches won't like it. Now, you could call timeout. Stop the clock if you need to. You call timeout. But nothing. the clock does not stop. doesn't stop on a foul. doesn't stop on a free throw. doesn't stop on an out-of-bounds. Only timeouts and TV timeouts does the clock stop. Would you sign up for that? Would you sign up for that? Now, players will argue and coaches will argue that's going to affect everything. It's going to affect offense. It's going to affect scoring, averages, right? All that stuff. But if you said, okay, it might affect that, but what I do know is is that I don't have a player playing minutes that maybe he doesn't need to play in a blowout. Is that, is that, is that crazy? Is that really crazy to say? What would be the number? I kind of that's not that's not a terrible idea. That's not a terrible one. Don't mind that one, Dante and Queens, Dante. Hey, what's up? Hey, right, Dante, guys. ready um, to go? Okay. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, 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 two quick things as far as the defense, because th- this is the thing. I became a Knicks fan in '91, so like middle of the Ewing era. So I have no problem with the 90s physicality. I feel like you should bring at least half of that physicality back. And another quick thing as far as um, cutting down on injuries and load management, and I I think I said this a while back on Larry's show, the smartest thing, I think, for the Players Association and the owners, just don't have back-to-backs. I think it's stupid and asinine or you to only you have 82 games. It's not this isn't baseball, and you have 162 games to play. Yeah, but you have you, you play you have like arenas, an average though. of what? Well, you can't. You, huh? you, you 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 can't. You have to have back to backs because scheduling. Why? 
Well, because scheduling is very difficult. You start in October, you end in the middle of April. That's your time frame, and these are arenas that are booked with many other things. So there are there okay. are scheduling quirks that just don't allow you certain nights to have. And then, of course, there's the national schedule, TV-wise. The broadcasters say, like Turner says, Tuesdays and Thursdays are ours. ESPN says Wednesdays and Saturdays are ours. And so, so when, that's when, how when, you get caught in the back-to-back. Yeah, you get caught a lot of back-to-backs when you're either on the national schedule and then there's also the arena availability schedule, and there's all that kind of stuff. So back-to-backs aren't done because they want to do them, Dante. They're done because they have to. And they try. The league has done all they could to limit them more and more. There was a time it was stupid. It got crazy. Now it's been limited to where you might have 13 in a season instead of what used to be like 18 in a season. They have done that by what? They stretched out the uh, the uh, NBA regular season. They started it an, a week earlier, ending it a week later. So they stretched it as best they could, but they just they can't they can't start in September. Like they can't do that. So it's this is the reality of the schedule. Uh, Brad in Brooklyn. What's up, Brad? Hi. Um, so we actually met a long time ago uh, when I was 12. I actually had to be the ball boy at the Knicks. Oh, and okay. it was like nice. one of the craziest, coolest experiences in my entire life. Nice. It sounds like it. It was, it was the day after Eddie Curry hit that corner three to tie it up at the buzzer. <laughs> Eddie Curry. <laughs> uh, so um, to, to – to, I had an idea for a, uh, a rule change to, one, help with the ticket tax files and also a little stimulus for that recent Dante DiVincenzo uh, controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was some sort of, you know, in soccer when they throw a flag or they when there's a sort of foul, and it's not a, a, a egregious foul, mm-hmm. but there's some sort of foul that occurs, but they're not, they want to, to allow the play to continue, you can implement something sort of like that for if yellow there's card? some sort of like hand-checking. What's you, that? You do like a yellow card? Yeah, something like that. And and then, they, and then they can go to instant replay afterwards to see if it actually was a foul, if it didn't interrupt the the, uh, the flow of the game. I think the most important part of it, Brad, and thanks for the call, is to not, like you just said there, don't don't disrupt the flow of the game. And a lot of times, that's what I think some whistles are. Like away from the play... Like stupid things, you know, unnecessary. Like it didn't matter. Just keep going, you know. Like that. That's the stuff. And I've said it. I say it a lot on the broadcast that I'm on because, you know, I want to emphasize that point. Is sometimes you watch a game and there's a nice flow going, and then a play happens. You're like all right, and then you see the whistle. You're like, why? Why blow that whistle? Like that wasn't necessary. Just keep going. It wasn't going to affect anything. So it happened behind the play. And what you do is the next whistle, you talk to these two players. If you don't like something going on behind the play and you're worried it might escalate to something, so we got to kick control of it. A little too physical on that screen over there on the, on the weak side. Have a conversation and you let them know. Next time I see it, I'm teching you both. Players don't want techs. They don't care about fouls. What they don't want is a tech because that costs them money. So that's what you do. But again, we all have our ideas and we share them here. All right, we'll continue with your calls, 800-919-3776. Joe Douglas speaking. We'll get to the latest of what he had to say about the Jets, the state of the Jets, football, and more. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. The Knicks were fighting an uphill battle last night and did not come up on the winning side of things. 
And really, the main concern at this point has to be the health of the team moving forward. Earlier this morning on DPH on Rothenberg, the guy said, now's the time to be concerned about the injuries. They can't score. They had no, they, nobody that could score they, last They only night. had 26 points in the paint. Like, it just, it was, they could not, it was hard for them to get good looks. Right. And I, I listen, I like Precious Achua as, ne- as much as the next guy, but, I mean, he can't be your, your well, interior you're presence. you're asking him to play 40 minutes. Right. Right? I mean, Josh Hart, another 40 minutes. I mean, Miles McBride, 40 minutes. That's not. No, it's not. No, you're it's not going to. It's not sustainable, and you're not going to be able to win games like that. Mm-hmm. So, so here we are. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew. Honey, during tonight's action, glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.